All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another week of the Football Lab Podcast. As always, I am Corey, joined by Jared. Uh, Jared, we are a, now officially a quarter through the regular season, so congrats to us. Yep, yep. Hey, everyone, it's good to be back for another week. And yeah, we uh, we officially have what Vegas would call is a sufficient sample size for all betting lines. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that, because this, <laughs> this year has been... Pretty wild so far, which is what, what and that leads us into our first topic. Uh, just pure chaos so far. Um, so five FCS teams have beaten Power Five teams so far this year. Seventeen ranked teams are have already lost once this year. Um, that's ranked at the time of losing, and the Pac-12 has lost nine games to the Mountain West, FCS, and BYU. BYU, in case you didn't know, is currently leading the Pac-12 South at three and zero. Yeah, and uh, after UCLA's loss, I guess um, I guess BYU and Oregon are all that's left. Well, Oregon's not actually in the Pac-12, but they beat they played three Pac-12 South teams and they beat all three. You mean BYU's not actually in? the Yeah, Pac-12. BYU. Sorry, yeah, yeah, BYU's not actually in the Pac-12. Oh, that's right. The uh, BYU got it, they're in their own conference. They're, they're independent, pretty, independent, but they got the invite uh, to, to the, the Big, Big, 12. Big Twelve. Yeah. yeah. So they're just Notre Dame light. Right. So currently, but they're 3-0 against the Pac-12, which is just great. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about this the other day. It's not quite as wild as the 2007 season. It all depends on how it finishes. Um, the 2007 season is always going to be hard to top. But if my team's not going to be most likely in contention to win a national championship this year, I just want pure chaos. And so far, the season's delivering. Yeah, it, it's it's been pretty wild. Uh, it's it seems like it might be stabilizing just a bit, and it, it seems I, I wonder if the chaos or seeming chaos to start is between the transfer portal and COVID last year, people not being able to really properly judge these teams. Because um, there's a couple, I mean, like there's no unbeatable juggernaut this year. Everyone's got flaws. Everyone could lose. Um. And on top of that, like, there's teams that were projected to be playoff contenders who are not only not playoff contenders, they are middle of the road at best. Right. Well, the three teams you always talk about when, you know, you talk about teams that are quote-unquote shoe-ins to make the college football playoff are Bama, uh, well, the four teams, I guess, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State. Ohio State's already got a loss. Clemson and Oklahoma do not look great. Bama doesn't look like their usual juggernaut selves. Um, so it could be pretty wide open this year, which is exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll get into it on our hot takes. But, uh, yeah, it, it looks like it could be a much more – every game counts, that's for sure. Yeah. Like this I, is definitely a very meaningful start-to-finish season. Oh, for sure. I'm 100% on Team Chaos, uh, and I will continue to be on Team Chaos for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, one other headline that came out last week, I think came out the day after we – posted the pod or at least we recorded Um, the NCAA is uh, getting close to putting in a one-year waiver for new scholarship limits so apparently someone at the NCAA listened to my take on the pod and they agreed that I had a really smart idea where you get your 25 scholarships for freshmen and you get a separate allotment in this case seven to be used on transport portal players yep so you could have up to 32 scholarships if you had so so the way the transport portal portion work, yeah, you have to have seven, you have to have you can replace up to seven if, if they leave, 
and they have to leave either before or after the early signing period. I forget what it is. So, question though, does that seven also count towards other transfer portal guys, like gaining guys? I don't just know. Be a I, didn't, wash? I didn't read through all of it. I would imagine if you still wanted to take more transfer portal players, you could go into your twenty-five allotment. But this seven allotment is specifically to replace any players that leave. And from what I understand from reading it too, like you still only can have eighty-five scholarship athlete players on the team, right? But that's so. the thing with you know a lot of teams with the transport portal. I mean, I, I use the case point of LSU. LSU is on a self-imposed eighty-one scholarship limit. They still don't have eighty-one scholarship players. Yeah, this is they've lost so many players to the transport portal. Yeah, Tennessee's in the same boat, and somehow they actually have eighty-one for this year, despite. I mean, so. it's good for like walk-ons and players like that who you know outside of normal circumstances, aren't going to get a scholarship, so it's good for them, but it hurts your depth in the long run, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, two games this weekend. I think it's two games this weekend. Was it the SEC crew on the pack? I mean, the Penn State-Auburn game? Yeah, the SEC officiating uh, on three different games that I know of were, I wouldn't say entirely horrible. Apparently, the Penn State Auburn game, I didn't have the volume on, but apparently there was a lot of bad stuff that happened just in that one game. But there was some pretty egregious stuff that happened in the Alabama uh, Florida game and also the Mississippi State Memphis game, which so actually Miss- cost Mississippi State the game. I understand. I, I, I saw the punt return, which I'm, I'm assuming is like the major story of the Mississippi State game. Um, well, there's a few things with that. I'll let you say what you're going to say and see if you say the same thing. Look, going back and watching the punt, they never like actually down the ball. Yeah, a player touched it with his knee on the ground, but it wasn't like he was holding the ball. You know, he wasn't. He didn't have it in his hands. He just just touched it. Well, okay. So to start with, yeah, technically, I mean, that's very much. It could have gone either way. But what the one thing they did miss is you're not allowed to have two of the same number on the field at the same time. Memphis okay. had two number fours on the field, which they missed. And then technically he was down on one knee when he touched the ball, so it should have downed it. That's, I mean, you could still leave that open to, to, to interpretation because of how fast it happened. It was not like he picked it up, held it, and tossed it. He just touched it. Right. So, I mean, that's open. That's still, at the end of the day, that's coaching on Mississippi State's part. You cannot do that. Yep. Um, Florida had a very – special teams moment as well, but it was more on the player. Um, but the, the you got to down it, but also the officiating, they missed that because it was, it, it could have went either way. So it's not totally on them, but missing the two number fours, that play should have been blown dead and redone. Uh, so that should have never happened, but it did. And Mississippi state, I mean, they had, a, they should have down the ball. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to teach players to do that. Right. Um, well, I, I remember in the Penn State Auburn game that Penn State only had three plays. Like they lost it down yep. during one of their series, which is pretty bad. And when this is what's wild too is not only did the on-field officiating crew because it was a um, a grounding, intentional grounding call. Okay. And it was a loss of down, but it should have been third down. And they checked up with the box, and the box had it as being. Fourth third down. down, and so they both moved it to fourth down. Like everyone missed it. The chain gang, the officials on the field, and the box all missed it. They all wow. did the exact same thing. So that's a pretty rare thing. 
Um, there was some pretty egregious back and forth, like ticky tack, uh, pass interference calls, whether they were called or weren't, there was no consistency about it. Um, but the one, but I mean, that's going to happen. Right. So everybody's going to bitch about that if it hurts you or not. The one thing that was pretty terrible. And I just hate, I hate this about college football right now, right now, the targeting on the goal line. I'm not sure what the defender is supposed to do. Well, that's, that, that is going to change. It has to change. Well, no, it is changing next year. Oh, I didn't realize they, they had already had it on the docket. I thought it was just going to be. No, it's going to change. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be um, basically, a, I don't forget the terms, but it's a flagrant one where you're not ejected. It's just a 15-yard penalty. And then flagrant two, which is you're ejected from the game. Yeah, because flagrant two should be headhunting. Like, like, right. like, like, no offense, Lewis seen last year for Georgia hit Kyle Pitts across the middle. He didn't lead with his helmet, but I mean, he absolutely teed off on on Kyle Pitts. And to me, like I, as soon as the hit happened, I was like, "Well, he's ejected," but it didn't matter because he had to go into concussion protocol <laughs> and he right. missed and he missed two weeks. But even with that, as great as a football hit is, and as much as I love that, I understand why they put it in place because these kids can really hurt each other, and. The play with Penn State and Auburn, to me, that, I mean, if you want to call it a 15-yard penalty or half a distance to goal, whatever, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with that. But to eject that kid out of the game on a really heads-up, great defensive play is just ridiculous. Right, he's not trying to hurt the guy. He's trying to keep him from going into the end zone. And he and the, did exactly yeah, that. He I stopped mean, him dead in his tracks. And there's because of the angle of attack, there is no other way you can do that. I don't know how or what he's supposed to do there other than just let him go in. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, pretty wild week all around. Uh, SC officiating, always always top tier. Um, so going on to the next segment, uh, this one has temporarily been renamed. Um, Jared is nervously excited, and Corey is cautiously optimistic. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, UGA managed to stay focused, and they continue to roll on both sides of the ball. Offense looked great with JT Daniels back uh, back starting, and the defense just looks incredible again. The first and second stringers might as well be 1A, 1B. I mean, they've got so much depth and speed. Um, Channing Tindall, I don't have this in my notes, but I saw an article today. It was describing Channing Tindall as a heat-seeking missile, and that is probably the most accurate description of that guy. He just <laughs> he just makes a beeline wherever the ball is going and has the perfect angle every time, and he just outruns everybody. He's, he's really – and he's not a starter, which blows my mind. He's situational, really great player. Um, the one thing I am worried about, though, is like what we're seeing out of Clemson – Obviously, they've got some issues on offense. So, as good as I believe this defense is, I mean, they do look fast. They play; they are just constantly in the backfield of all three teams that they've played this far. I, I don't think they've been truly tested, so I worry about that. And we saw a little bit at the South Carolina game. One of the long passes was just they were calling in the play. South Carolina went quick tempo. It got the better of us. But the corners are susceptible. Um. And good teams like an Ole Miss or even an Alabama or Oklahoma would take advantage of that all day if we made it to the college playoffs. Uh, within our own conference on the East, 
I'm not sure there's anybody really that's going to test that uh, that we have down the stretch. Maybe Florida, but I think Florida's biggest strength right now is running, and we're allowing .02 yards per run play. So UGA is shutting down the run. Uh, we've got Adam Anderson, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, Lewis Seen, and Jordan Davis. I think all those guys could be, you know, first, second round uh, draft picks next year. And uh, I'm just trying to enjoy those guys playing defense for us because they are, they're lights out. I mean, they're they're really good. Uh, J.D. Daniels is definitely the guy. I'm not, I listened to Kirby's press conference after the game. Um, and, and he was saying that it was part of the game plan that they said J.T. and Stetson were going to play. I'm not a coach. I'm not getting paid millions of dollars. And I really trust Kirby Smart's got this program growing in the right direction. I, that call baffles me because on the depth chart, Stetson Bennett is still four string. If JT is he- healthy enough to go, just leave him in or put in Carson Beck or whatever. But I don't really understand what they're trying to do. Third series of the game, they just throw Stetson Bennett in there. He hands the ball off twice and then throws a pick. And I don't, <laughs> it just seemed to kind of, it just kind of threw everything out of rhythm for a minute. Um, but aside from that, the whole game was pretty pretty well put together. Um, I don't understand the move, but you know whatever. Uh, Kirby doesn't have a great track record when it comes to the QB department. So for the love of God, please don't mess this up. <laughs> we, we we have everything in place. Um, but other than that, we got one more game to go before the gauntlet starts. We got to play Vandy, so it's kind of a uh, live experiment to figure out any of the things you want to tighten up. It sounds like we're probably going to get a bunch of uh, a bunch of starters back for the Vandy game to go uh, to get back in the mix. Uh, Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith, um, Dominic Blaylock, and it, it seems like Kiaris Jackson's going to be full go. So getting those guys back in the fold is going to help out the offense a ton. And I think they've got the offensive line figured out, kind of what they're going to go forward with with the rest of the year. So I hope they don't get caught looking, get sharpened up on the last few things we need, and get ready for the gauntlet because we've got Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, bye week, and then we've got Florida, Missouri, Tennessee. And that's a rough six, seven weeks. So we got to get ready for that. And uh, other than that, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervously excited that we pull this off because it looks it's all there it's just it's just time to do it so out of that like six week stretch who scares you the most you know if if for the longest time i was saying kentucky because they could actually throw it but they didn't look great last weekend they didn't look great last weekend they all scare me in their own way and mainly i would say auburn scares me because we're at auburn and we never play great in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, and the other one's Florida, just because I, I think we're going to come in with a lot of gumption about that game because of what happened last year, and already Florida is just completely overlooking us. It's just a foregone conclusion that they're going to play Bama in the, in the SEC championship. Right. Um. But I think my biggest fear of all of it is not necessarily losing any of those games. It's being injured. It's getting a lot of big injuries because it's going to be a rough – I mean, it's going to be big boy football for seven weeks. 
So, say hypothetically, Arkansas goes out and beats Texas A&M this weekend. Y'all beat Vandy, or I think it's y'all play this week, right? Yeah, we play Vandy. They play Texas A&M, and which I think Arkansas does beat Texas. But JT A&M. Daniels can't play an Arkansas game. How nervous are you? Um, I, I'm I'm still not that nervous. Okay, I feel good with whatever quarterback they trot out there. I think the running backs and whatever quarterback will get enough points. The defense is not going to give up because Arkansas strong points to run. I mean, right. the guy, he can throw, but I think their strong point is the run, and nobody's running on us this year. It's just not going to happen um, outside of injury. Injuries start to pile up. That could be different. But, yeah, if JT can't play for Arkansas, I still feel fine about it. Um, well, Auburn, like, if he can't play at Auburn, that's a little bit different story. I, well, all, all Auburn can do is run the ball. Well, that's fair. I mean, and to be fair, Stetson Bennett did start versus Auburn with a much less talented roster. Um, and, and I say the, the talent was there, but they didn't have any experience. Uh, it was just very raw. And they, they beat up on Auburn last year. Yeah. Difference being it was in Athens. So um, that one that one probably worries me the most. Uh, I think as far as the cocktail party, I think Georgia handles business this year. I think we run. I think we run through the Gators. Okay. Um, all right. So I am cautiously optimistic. Um, you never want to overstate the importance of a win against a Group of Five opponent, but that was, like I said last week, I was very nervous about the game. That was one of those games you come out flat, you're going to get beat. Um, so the CL should go out there, and they, I mean, they looked fired up. They were ready to play, uh, which was an encouraging sign after the way they looked against UCLA and then also the way they looked against McNeese. Um, on the offensive side of things, that was Max's best game of the year, hands down. Um, it's pretty crazy. I think he's the first quarterback in like the last 15 years of the SEC to throw three-plus touchdowns in his first like five games or something like that. Uh, pretty impressive considering he was a true freshman this year, last year and then a true sophomore this year. Um, the O-line was their best pass-blocking game of the year. Going tempo definitely helped that. That's one thing I definitely wanted to see was them to pick up the pace on offense. Definitely helped, uh, especially the O-line. Still struggling to run the ball. Um, we had our whole offensive line back, minus Cam Wire. Uh, it's a little bit disconcerting to see. But then again, the 2019 team didn't really run the ball that well either. So, I mean, as long as you can go out there and sling it around like they did, um, I think we'll be okay. Um, couple, a lot of freshmen uh, played really well. Jack Besh continues to prove that he's the second best wide receiver on the team. Um, especially, you know, if you need to throw a bailout ball or you need to get it out quick or you need to, uh, you know, you need somebody for sure going to catch it on third down. Jack Besh is your guy. Um, he looks really good so far. Um, Deion Smith from Mississippi had a very spectacular game. You know, like six catches for 100 yards, like two touchdowns. He looked great. Devontae Lee has kind of floated around between offense and defense, wide receiver, tight end. He has his best game of the year. So three new receivers kind of emerging out of nowhere to back up Keishon Butte is great. We need to see more of that. Um, another person we need to see more of is <clears throat> Corey Kiner. TDP, um, great guy, I'm sure, but he can't break a tackle. His vision's not great. He leaves a lot to be desired at the running back position. Corey Kiner looks like just like Clyde Edwards Eler out there, and we saw what he did in 2019. Um, we need to see Kiner more. 
I almost want to go ahead and say Kiner should be the starter. Not there just yet, but it needs to be more of an even split between the two and not just Kiner coming in late in the game. Um, on the defensive side of things, first off, six-year senior Andre Anthony um, is out for the rest of the year. It sucks. He's a big leader on the defense. Um, it's probably an ACL. Um, this is one of those guys that was recruited right when Aranda got here, never really fit Aranda's system. He stuck around. He stuck it out. Finally started to get some playing time last year. He's, like I said, one of the leaders on the defense. It sucks that you lose him. Um, you know, Jared talked last year about uh, Jordan, I mean, last week about Jordan Davis. Now just he's just a big, imposing person. I was at the LSU game this weekend. Mason Smith is enormous. Um, before they get down in their stances or anything, you can pick him out easily because he's, he's a foot taller than everybody else. Um, with Andre Anthony getting hurt, they're going to move him to defensive end. So you're going to have a guy who's 6'6", 303, playing defensive end. Um, I like for him to do big things on the defense. He's going to be a terror out there. Um, continues to do great. Uh, stat that kind of stuck out to me is LSU currently leads the nation in sacks. We're tied for the lead in the nation in sacks with Marshall at 17. Um, like I said at the beginning of the year, if the defense is going to be good, the defensive line needs to be elite. Um, so they're showing that they can get to the quarterback. Um, it was the best defensive performance I've seen since 2019. Um, 2020, they were terrible all year. And you take away two plays, um, the broken coverage in like the second quarter and then a broken coverage late in the game, and it's they only score seven points off of pick six. I mean, you take away two plays, it's almost a perfect game from the defense. Um, health's going to be a big thing moving forward. Um, can't lo- afford to lose more guys like Andre Anthony. Um, so looking ahead, before I'm ready to jump fully back on the bandwagon, I need to see how they're looking against Mississippi State uh, this weekend. It's an early game in Starkville, tough environment. We never do great in early games. They need to go out. They need to handle business. You got to handle business against Mississippi State. You've got you got an eight o'clock kickoff against Auburn the next week to look forward to. You're going to have a full death ballot. You're going to have a death ballot that's rocking and rolling. Um, it's going to be LSU football. Um, that's all I really got for this week. Try and keep it short and simple. All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll roll into the game reviews. Um, yep. um actually, um, I didn't ask you anything about LSU. Was there, I mean, we'll keep it quick on this. Did, is, is Kiner like, what is that the, uh, I mean, you showed me a video of Kiner and dude does look just like Edwards. He, looks, he, he looks just like that's got to give you some hope for the future. I mean, and, and y'all really, I mean, I know it's, it's, what was it? Western Michigan? Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Um, yeah, Chippewas. Y'all really look good, man. Um, like I said, outside of the busted, the two busted coverages and the pick six, I mean, that's the way LSU needs to look when they're playing Central Michigan. Yeah, and I guess we'll just, we'll hold tight with it and see where they end up when they start playing. I don't know who you've got left on your schedule, but what's your next big test? Which What's the one you want to so see? So we've got, we've got Mississippi State this weekend. That's a big test. It's a revenge game. They came yeah. out and embarrassed us in week one last year. This is your chance to go into their home stadium and get revenge. And then we got Auburn the week after that. Um, I don't know the rest of the schedule after that, but we still got to play Texas A&M and Bama and Ole Miss and Kentucky I, and Florida. I mean, we still have, you know, we still yeah. have a, a gauntlet ahead of us just because that's our schedule every year. I am curious as to what y'all do with Auburn because I feel like that says a lot before we play them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I didn't. I missed pretty much the whole first half, 
in the majority of the third quarter of the Penn State Auburn game, so I didn't really get to see a whole lot of them. Um, our run defense looks good, uh, so I mean that should help. I mean it didn't look great against UCLA, but I think what we're seeing is we've got two first-time coordinators in Durante Jones and Jake Dietz. It seems like they're figuring things out week to week. It seems yeah. like they were clueless against UCLA. The defense looked better against McNeese, but the offense was still struggling. The best performance of the year has been week three, so hopefully we continue to see improvement out of them. Um, I did hear some rumblings that Ed like really challenged the players this past week. Um, usually they're either going to respond by bringing their game up or they're going to respond by you know saying F you to the coach and not doing what they're supposed to do. So it was good to see them respond in a positive way. Derek Stingley looked the best he's looked since 2018. Well, that's good. Yeah, they. Um, I was going to say, it seems like y'all have got a lot of good young talent. It, that's always the case with us. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not ready to hop on the bandwagon, bandwagon just yet. I still think Ed is long-term not the right person to be the head coach at LSU. Um, but, you know, we'll see. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll just get right into it with Bama, Florida. Um, did you watch any of this game? I watched... All of the first half, I watched bits and pieces of the third quarter, and then I watched probably like the last three minutes inside of Death Valley. Well, I don't know about your takeaway from the game, but I could not believe – like Bama just came out in the first half especially and just looked like Bama. They just looked right. better, like they had better athletes. They weren't necessarily making the better plays. But there was two or three series in a row where Florida was hitting every wide open man, and the Bama player would just be right there to tackle him. And then, and vice versa, uh, Bama was hitting like short dump offs to the running back, stuff like that. Yep. And they just couldn't get a beat on him. They couldn't make a tackle. Yep. And then Dan Mullen, like, he's like, okay, well, the passing's not working. We're going to run the option. And pff, Bama couldn't do nothing with it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of always been an issue for them. I feel like they've always kind of struggled with the option. Um, well, I know Georgia has in the past. I mean, it's just an offense you don't prepare for. It I mean, days. LSU, when they beat them in 2009, I mean, the play, the one play that worked was Jordan Jefferson running like sp- speed options out of like an I formation, <laughs> which we tried that in that championship. And of course, they had figured it out by then. But, um, yeah, I mean, the offensive line for Bama didn't look great. I mean, Florida's got a really good defensive line, so not every team's going to be able to go out there and do that against them. I think both of our schools have donated to Florida's off their defensive line, haven't they? I know Brenton Cox is a former Georgia player, transferred to Florida. We had a guy who was committed to us that ended up signing with Florida. We haven't had any players transfer to Florida. Okay, yeah. we. Uh, well, you had some try. <laughs> we, had a, we had a tight end that tried. Correct. Yeah, and then he tried to play for us. Well, I yeah. shouldn't say all that. I don't know what's going on with him. Hope he's um, doing okay. <laughs> you know, kind of something we were going to touch on, you know, when we get to the Michigan State-Miami game is, you know, Bama's, yeah, they beat Florida. Neither of us really think Florida's a top-10 team, though. And then the Miami win looks worse week by week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I – Talk about, you know, there's a handful of teams that I think are just absolutely overrated as far as where they were at the preseason versus today. Miami is definitely number one on that list. I thought they were going to be challenging Clemson for, you know, the the title for ACC champion. And 
not only was this a better year than ever to do that, they couldn't be further from it. They look like not even middle I mean, of the road. Well, technically, they're still undefeated in ACC play. Um, I, yeah, but they just look. It's not like Clemson looks like world beaters out there. So no, that's what I'm saying. Like it's still Clemson, the, the it's wide open, but Miami looks just so bad. Michigan State embarrassed them. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but um, so yeah, I'm not real sure. I, don't, I didn't watch. I, like I said, I didn't see a ton of the second half. Did Bama just go completely conservative with their play calls? Um, a lot of people were harping on Bryce Young about this, and like, just you know how everybody becomes just the world's best head coach. Everything I was reading, they were just like, he can't, you know, he needs to settle down and throw to his receivers. This is the first year in a while, in a long while, that Bama doesn't have a, a superstar wide receiver on the outside. Maybe, right. maybe in time, but as far as right now today. Their best wide receiver is probably Mechie, and he's not even remotely in the same area as any of the guys who went in the Can't draft run. the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I never want to hate on a player, but, you know, when you've got Slade Bolton out there as your wide receiver three, and he's dropping, you know, touchdown passes in the end zone, not a good yeah. sign. And um, I imagine, and this is another thing, too, like this is not the first time Bama has looked completely vulnerable. And right. went on went on to win a national title. So like it, it could be one of these moments where Florida totally just sets him off and Saban, you know, renews his deal with the devil and they go ups. <laughs> yeah. Re re ups for another two lifetimes or whatever it is. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think Bama's still super strong. I think it's just part of, you know, they went to the swamp and Florida Dan Florida, Mullen, Florida brought their A game. Yeah, Bama played a mediocre game at best, and Florida probably played the game of their season. Yeah. And uh, I I just feel like as far as the matchup, Florida was just a bad matchup for Bama. Their their defensive line really mauled Bama's offensive line, and Bama still got yardage, but they couldn't run the ball at all. Right. Which is very un Alabama like. They couldn't yeah. pass it, they couldn't run it. And they couldn't I mean, Bryce Young was kind of running for his life. I said he checked down to his running backs constantly. I mean I said that after the Miami game. I said, I mean, he your blessing Yeah, well your blessing is that he's mobile, but your offensive line is an issue. Yeah, and I feel like if Bama were to play Clemson or Georgia today, those defensive lines, Texas A and M included. Uh, Texas A&M's offense is a mess, so is Clemson. So I guess you could lump those together. But those defensive lines would wreak havoc on Alabama's O-line at the hey, moment. You know who's got a pretty good offense and a pretty good defensive line? <laughs> LSU. Just saying. <laughs> you do have a you do have. We a can't run defense. the ball, though. <laughs> well, you might when you figure out that Kiner is your starter. But, yeah, maybe. Uh, but right, anyway, so- that was a surprise game of the week for me. Um I mean, as far as a big time game, and and actually, it's second. There's one down the list. that's my surprise game, but that uh, one was pretty amazing game. And uh, but anyway, we'll move on to that because we're getting a little long. But uh, State and Auburn. Yep. I'll uh, let you kind of take the lead on this one. Like I said, I didn't see the majority of this game because I was at LSU. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier some crazy officiating calls, but actually, they for the most part uh, went back and forth as like who they helped or didn't help. Um, Penn State got the first big one with the total 
we we didn't give them a third down. It just went from second to fourth, which that's just unheard of. It happens, but um, I'll have to give Auburn credit. Auburn's defense is pretty good. Um, they did a lot of what Wisconsin did. They got a lot of pressure, but nobody could get to Clifford. He got hit a few times when he got hit, man. He got hit hard, and I'll give him credit for staying in the game because there was there was a uh, turnover. I think it was. I think it was going into the second half. He got absolutely drilled and hurt. Turned the ball over. And the only reason nobody's going to remember it is because Bo Nix went right back and turned it back over to Penn State. <laughs> oh, I think I did see that. And, I, I do remember and that. that's kind of the story of the game. It's like there was one possession that Auburn needed to beat Penn State, and they gave it back to Penn State. Like yep. they took that possession and then gave it right back to them. But it was back and forth game. It was an awesome game. I, the greatest environment I've ever been to is the LSU-Georgia game at LSU and Death Valley. I would have loved to have been at that whiteout for that game. I bet that environment was insane. That just it was so loud on the TV. I have to give Bo Nix credit with the, with the offense. The fact that they could function for four quarters with the decimal levels that I mean, it was so loud you couldn't hear the announcers hardly. It was so that place was rocking, and uh, they he he got the offense moving pretty decently. But I think Auburn's. I hate to say this because you, you just don't want to go after a player individually, but I think the ceiling on Auburn's offense is Bo Nix. I think that's the issue. Like, he's got great athletic ability and a great arm. He just can't seem to tie that together. He makes yeah. a lot of boneheaded moves. His decision-making is always going to be kind of suspect. Um, yeah. So that's not really surprising. Um, Nebraska versus Oklahoma. <clears throat> I reserve judgment on – you know, hit the panic button on Oklahoma uh, after the Tulane game. I'll hit the panic button now. I don't think they win the Big the Big Twelve. I, I I don't either. I the the preseason talk was that Oklahoma was the clear favorite to win a championship. I you know I was biased. I thought it was Georgia, um, but I didn't want to say that out loud. But everybody was you know saying it's Oklahoma's time. They've got this great defense. They we know their offense is otherworldly they're going to be fine they're going to win it and they've looked anything but i don't know i mean spencer rattler just didn't even look like the same player from last year they've got all the weapons and i mean you can of, say if they're in the same boat pretty much as clemson you know we'll get to that game in a second but the offenses look the offenses are holding these teams back right now yeah they really are and and the fact that you're you know, a lot of people were saying that the game wasn't as close as it looked. And, and I'm like, man, with three minutes left, it was 20 to 27 or whatever it ended right, up being. It was a one-score game. It was, yeah, it was a one-score game before Oklahoma got in it. So it was, what, 16 to 20 or something like that? It was a yeah, one-score like game that. with three minutes left. And then Nebraska rips off two touchdowns. I mean, it's no, I mean, Oklahoma rips off two touchdowns. But right. it's Nebraska, man. That is – yeah. They clear. I mean, outside of Florida State, they're the biggest joke of the last, like, five years. Yeah, of the former juggernaut programs, they are, yeah, right there with FSU. I mean, they're terrible. They are terrible. And the fact that they let them hang in that game, and wasn't it at Oklahoma? Wasn't it yeah, Norman? It was I in mean, Norman. That's, that's even worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. Oklahoma needs to hit the panic button. They need to go look in the mirror and figure it out. They're, 
they're, this season's for nothing. And they've and the thing is, they've got all the talent. And that's the thing. I was sitting here thinking too while you were talking. I say they're not going to win the Big Twelve. I don't know who else would win the Big Twelve. Um, I um, I mean Iowa State's was, got a loss. I was going to say Iowa State. Kansas, I mean, never Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Baylor are the only three undefeated Big Twelve teams left. I mean, Oklahoma's probably still going to win it, but if they make the playoffs, you want to talk about one at this point in time. I don't know about when the playoffs actually get here, but at this point in time, Oklahoma would be the least deserving playoff team that's undefeated. Yeah, because they just look awful. Um, Michigan State, Miami. We kind of touched on this earlier. <clears throat> the Miami win doesn't look so great now for Bama. Michigan State. It was close until probably about like. Halfway through the fourth quarter, the Michigan State started pouring it on. Yeah, and um, it, it looked like Miami just – it's like they don't have depth or something because yeah, it's just they like just, they got they exhausted. Split. Yeah. And Michigan State just ran all over them. Yeah, that running back that was legit. He leads the nation in like uh, yards after contact with like 400 and something, I think. It's just some like crazy number. Yeah, you know, I don't know why in week one. I just felt like he looked so fast and looked like Baron Scrolls. It's crazy to me that he came from Wake Forest. Well, yeah, that. But also, like, I don't know what I was watching because that dude's huge. He's, he's, yeah, you said you were saying Darren Sproles was like he's so big he's not Darren Sproles, but I didn't want to call you out on the time. But now no, that you come totally to the realization fine. yourself. It, yeah, like I just don't know what I was, but at the time it just looked like he was so fast, and maybe it's just been so long since we've seen football. I don't know. Yeah, but for sure. He uh he is a monster. That dude is he's he's not straightaway speed, but man, his jukes and his acceleration is pretty good. He he ran all over Miami. You know what he kind of reminds me of is um, Monty Ball when he was at Wisconsin. Yeah, he does. He does have that. I mean, same build and everything. Yeah, that's who he reminds me of. And yeah. um, one of the two bigger upsets this week, uh, Virginia Tech loses to West Virginia. Um, the score was closer than it probably like seen, but I feel like West Virginia just dominated that game. Yeah, I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. But from what I did watch, I had actually picked Virginia Tech on Pick'em. I did too. That was the only one I missed. But, uh, yeah, you had a great week on Pick'em, I did. by the way. I did. Um, I Yeah, I was watching that game, and I was just like, wow. It seems like Virginia Tech is just – they couldn't get it in the end zone. It just seemed like they were owning Virginia Tech's lines. They just pushed them around. Yeah. Um, Clemson versus Georgia Tech. <laughs> this Clemson. is my – Clemson's got some issues. This was the game I was talking about. This is my. Oh, I figured surprise. you were talking about the last game on the list. Uh, no, that will that one's up there as well. But <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> this one is I. What's going on with Clemson? Georgia Tech is in the middle of a rebuild, and Georgia Tech was two yards away from winning that game. Uh, I mean, Angelalele doesn't look great. That's pretty much the the start and stop of it. He he can't read the field fast enough. Yeah, he he looks like he really struggles on his progressions and who to throw to, which is kind of weird. Do you think when they were installing the offense, did they? Is it the same coordinator from yeah, last same year? Guy. He got he got some interest for some head coaching positions, but he ended up saying, you, "So is it just the wide receiver talent he has to throw to?" I mean, he I think that's part Ross, of it. He has Justin Ross out there. Yeah, but, but I mean. You never want to say somebody's playing scared, but, I mean, he's one bad hit away from his career being over. Yeah, and, I mean, it kind of appears. Outside of Justin Ross, can you name another Clemson wide receiver right now? 
No. Exactly. Well, Engada, just because he was the only other person who caught a pass against us. And he's a big <laughs> he's a big possession receiver. Yeah. But I mean Justin Ross was shut down. Their tight end did nothing. I, I can, don't I mean, know who their slot receiver is. I can I, tell you who their running back is. I don't either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we played him. We played him. And they're all highly recruited players. It's just none of them have really like broken out. Yeah, I mean and their offensive line, this is what baffles me about the offensive line. Four returning starters, except for, I believe it's the, either the center or the tackle. And that offensive line is atrocious. They can't yeah. they can't move anything. I, I mean, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech is not great on either side of the line. They're just, I mean, it's a new coach, totally different schemes. You know, he, he's still recruiting players in that fit his schemes. I'll, I'll give Tech credit. It appears that they're bought in, um, even despite yeah. losing to Northern Illinois to start know, the year. That's crazy. But, I mean, you just look at the size difference on the field. Georgia Tech looks like a bunch of, you know, just they don't look the same as Clemson. No, no. And the quarterback for Georgia Tech is a true freshman that they've got starting now. No, it, it's, the, it's a different guy from last year? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I say that. He may just be a true freshman. I think it's the same guy they had last year. Sims? Uh, I think it's no, last year. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up. Keep going. Anyway, he, um, man, for a freshman, he looked really good. He he kind of picked apart, you know, between running and passing the Clemson defense, and Clemson just didn't have an answer until they got inside the uh the, the red zone when they could compress everything down and Georgia Tech couldn't hit a big play. If if Georgia Tech hits a big play out in the open field uh, and is able to score, but once they got down the goal line, I mean the goal line stand is a great play by number forty seven from Clemson, but the the fact that they were in that position blows my mind. Like Clemson seems like they've fallen fallen off a cliff. They've fallen off so much. Yeah. Um, and I don't really understand what's happened to them. Do you think it's a situation where <laughs> him being so selective with his recruiting is biting him in the ass? What, I mean, you would have to say that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, they look, I mean, he's got one of the top running backs. Didn't he have like the number one running back or number two running back from recruiting class last year? Shipley? Yeah. I mean, they're starting to use him more, but even still, like they can't get any movement up front. And that offensive line was the same one as last year, essentially. So I, it's like they regressed significantly on the offensive line. They were above average offensive line last year, and now they were well below average. Jordan Yates is the quarterback. For, Yates, uh, Yates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Retro freshman. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, moving on, Memphis, Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, really the big story out of this one is pretty much the, the uh, officiating. Um, I but picked still. Memphis. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. Oh, you did pick Memphis. I did pick Memphis. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you only missed the one. Yeah, I picked Mississippi State because I thought for sure that – When know. I saw the line was only – when I saw Memphis was favored, I think. Pretty sure they were favored. Or they were three-point underdog. I was like, all right, Vegas knows something. Sure enough, Vegas was right. Yeah, but I mean, they they literally won on that <laughs> kick return, on that punt return. But still, it's just yeah. But you're Mike Leach, State. You shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. No, you shouldn't. And and I, 
Especially the way it. their defense played, because I mean, Memphis is averaging like 400-some yards a game, and like, they shut them down, basically. Yeah. Not they shut, shut down, they, but... They didn't, they didn't have that much offense, no. Yeah. But Mississippi State just... I don't think Mike Leach is a fit there. I think he needs to go back to either Midwest or West Coast. I don't think he's a fit in Sparkville. He should go to uh, Arizona. They need a head coach desperately. <laughs> yeah, I UConn. mean... UConn. He should go to UConn. He should be the new UConn head coach. Well, do you think they're even going to have a program? If they are, Mike Leach is their guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So let's go ahead. and We're running along here. So let's go. Uh, the Fresno State-UCLA game. Um, heartbreaker for me personally because I wanted to convince myself that LSU losing to UCLA was just a sign that UCLA was good. Turns out they're not good. Um, and they lost to Fresno State with a quarterback with a bad hip. Yeah, and I watched this game. <laughs> There's a few things from it that I just cracked me up. One was being the Fresno State quarterback got the hip injury, and he, he goes back in, like, gritting it out, and he throws a strike to, like, get a touchdown to go to go ahead. And the wide receiver runs straight back to him and just gives him that that a boy right on the butt, right where his hip injury is. And you just see his face just like, oh. My hip. It, but my, my actual serious takeaway is, though, what is Pac-12 defense? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It's just like they play each other so soft. And that's, I watched some of that game, and the one thing that UCLA didn't do to Fresno State, they did LSU, is they didn't blitz. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like they just why? dropped and played zone. Like, yeah, you. I mean, when I watch UCLA against Hawaii, and when I watch them against LSU, the the thing they did well on defense was they just brought. So much pressure. They just stopped doing that. Against, they just didn't do it against Fresno State. It makes no sense. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, there's no, there's, there's nothing in the defensive scheme. And, and, and that's what blows my mind. The way they played LSU, it's just like they had that it was a, specific it was, game plan for it was a, LSU. It was a completely never, different team. It was a completely gonna, different team. Never going to use it again. No. And I don't understand why. I, don't I mean, and that's like the Pac 12 across the board. Always. It's like when they're playing each other. I don't. I don't know what it is, but UCLA is clearly the better team, right? But the defense. There was Fresno State scored last, and the clock ran out. That's why Fresno State won. Yep. Whoever got the ball last usually wins, and that's exactly what happened. And there wasn't enough time for UCLA to put together a realistic drive. And the quarterback that UCLA's got is not a hail mary guy. He tried his best, no, but. No. That's not it's not his forte. All right. So um, overachievers and underachievers for week three. I've got my overachievers as Ole Miss specifically defense. They shut out Tulane in the second half, which is yeah. pretty impressive. Um, Michigan State, who we both agree so far is the surprise team of the year, um, and BYU. BYU, like I said, three and zero against Pac twelve South. Pretty good. Um, underachievers Pitt. I thought this was Pitt's year, Jared. I thought this was the year. <laughs> Um, yeah. Obviously UCLA and then Florida State. Florida State went out and got beat by Wake Forest, thirty-five to fourteen. What are you doing? Florida um, State needs to just pack it up, and call it a year. Dude, I mean, they are trash. Bring back Willie Taggart. <laughs> it's his team. <laughs> it's his team, anyway. All right, you're yeah. up. All right, my overachievers are Fresno State, uh, Georgia Tech, and Florida. And I seem to do this every week when I do my overachievers. Only one of these teams actually won the game. <laughs> yeah. We have we have very different opinions about the overs and underachievers. 
Well, and the reason I say it like this is Fresno State, to me, had no business beating UCLA. They did. I just don't get it. But Georgia Tech didn't even have any business being in that Close. game with Clemson, yeah. and they held it close. And I felt the same way about Florida and Bama. So that's why they're overachievers. I just I just feel like Florida gave it their best game of the year, and I'm not sure. Georgia probably sees that, but you're probably going to see Florida lose to some, like, they're going to drop a game to Arkansas or something. I don't even know who they have on their schedule, but you're going to see them lose to somebody where you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Um, my underachievers are Notre Dame because they they don't deserve. They are ranked ahead of Ole Miss, and I don't know how you, with a straight face, I know the rankings don't really matter at this point, but you're going to tell me that Ole Miss is not as good as Notre Dame. Get out of here. Notre Dame is awful. Clemson, their offense is so bad. Uh, that's my other one. I don't know what's going on with them. And then just like Florida State, Miami. That's my other underachiever. Um also, I, I got rid of it, but I also had Alabama on here. But, you know, it is going to the swamp. Good on them for you know, winning. If, but they sh- I just if thought they, they win were, the national championship, we're going to look back and say, oh, well, Florida, like Auburn in 2019 against us. You, oh, they played a good game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, go uh, week two or week three hot takes. Oh, yeah, we didn't change. So week three hot takes. Um I'll say this with confidence. Ole Miss is everything Oklahoma wishes it was. Oklahoma is probably looking at Ole Miss with jealousy right now because Ole Miss is torching people, and they're playing a little bit of defense for the first time, and I don't remember the last time. Ever. I mean, it's the early 2000s when they had some stellar linebacker play, but they are playing some pretty decent defense because Tulane has a great offense. There's no doubt about it, and they shut them out in the second half of that game. Shut them out in the second half. Um Alabama is number one by default right now, but I don't. I'm not sure that they're the second, they're the best team in the country. I, I don't think that. I'm not sure who definitively is. Um, but Alabama looks very beatable. Yeah, I, I don't think they're the best team in the country this year, and Michigan State is. Uh, I I pick them to be the worst team in the Big Ten, <laughs> and they are. Probably, they're probably not going to win the Big Ten or Big Big Ten. But they are. I, if I were Michigan, I would be sweating it for that game coming up. I think yeah. it's way later in the year, but Michigan State's pretty damn good. No, I think they usually play pretty early because they because Michigan plays Ohio State at the end of the year, so I think they play Michigan State pretty early. And, and, and Michigan has a knack for just giving oh, that these game are the, away. Yeah, these are the kind of games that Michigan loves to lose. <laughs> I mean. And just, you've never seen someone lose a game like this so hard. And I always think back to that punt. He has trouble with the snap. <laughs> oh, it's a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Literally the last play of the game. I mean, when the ball guy... touches the punter's hand, there's zero seconds left in the clock. And you lose. You talk about a picture that you can visualize in your mind without ever actually having to see it. I can see the punter. like. No, no, no. I'm talking about the kid in the stands in the oh, end yeah. zone. And just Harbaugh's stupid face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. All right, so my, my hot takes. Uh, I'm gonna go one step further than you are. Ole Miss will win the SEC West. Um, like I said, I think I said last week. Um, I didn't give Tulane a chance, but I wanted to see how Ole Miss's defense played. Ole Miss's defense is not the best, but it's it's good enough for them not to lose games 55 to 54. Um, 
my other hot take, BYU is going to go undefeated. I looked yeah. at the rest of the schedule. The hardest yeah. games they have left is uh, like USC the last week of the season. <laughs> they play another ranked team somewhere at some point, but I think they win all of those games. Um, last one, I think two brand new teams make the college ball playoff. I've got Iowa and um, crap. I had another one in my head earlier. I can't remember what it was, but I think this is the year. I think Georgia makes it. I think um, I think four new teams make it, and that not necessarily their first not, time. Not repeat teams from last year. Yeah, I think it's all four all new teams, uh, which would be great for the college football playoff. I oh, think one of the sure. things that pisses people off the most, and I would agree with this. It just so happens to be we're in the SEC, but it, it's always the same three teams. Well, it's funny because it's always well, it's always the same four teams: it's Oklahoma, yeah, really. Ohio State, uh, Clemson, and Bama. You know, the funny thing is those four teams have never actually made the same playoff in one year. It's never been just those four teams. It's usually three of the four, but it's never been all four. But you're right. That's why I was saying three, because it always seems like there's a Washington or an Oregon or a Michigan State or someone random, just one random team or Notre Dame. Somebody. But the difference is when LSU gets in, they win it. Uh, apparently, whereas Notre Dame and Oklahoma, as, as long just, as the championships in New Orleans, we got a good shot. <laughs> but Notre Dame and uh, oh, who was the other one? I said Oklahoma. They're just like the kind of the laughing stock of the playoffs because they they make it so often and then get embarrassed, get blown out. Um, all right, yeah, we, I agree with you. I think it'll be four new ones. I think Iowa will be a first. Um, I don't know who would be the second new team to make it. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it, it's hard to the say. Thing is, I, if BYU goes undefeated and there's not, BYU. A, yeah, give me BYU. Why not? Give and a it shot. could be. It could potentially be Cincy with a group of five Cincy teams. or Coastal Carolina. Like, I it's feel like possible. if this, I think if a group of five team or an independent team is outside of Notre Dame, it's going to get in. I think this year is probably going to be the year. But I um, still, I still live by the sentiment that if either of those teams get in the playoff, they're going to get absolutely blown out. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so week three previews. Let's go through the pick'em games real quick. Okay. Um, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. I'm taking Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, I'm taking Wisconsin all day. I'm pretty sure that's my 10-point game. Um, uh, well, we're doing the straight pick'em. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing two pick'em groups, but, yeah, Wisconsin all day. Um, Texas versus Texas Tech. I've got Texas. Uh, I've got Texas as well. I don't think Texas Tech is very good. They're not. It wouldn't it, – it, it, at the same note, it wouldn't surprise me if Texas loses this game. I'm still picking them to win. Yeah. Uh, Baylor at Iowa State. I'm actually taking Baylor. I picked Iowa State, um, but man, I, I was I looked at that game for a long time. I'm not real sure about it. I don't. That's one of those that I may go back and. Baylor hasn't pick. played anybody good yet, but they've been playing really well. So <clears throat> I'm gonna ride with the Bears and Dave Aranda, huge fan. Um, Arkansas versus Texas A&M. I'm taking Arkansas. I picked Arkansas as well. I think Arkansas is going to beat them simply because A&M has no offense. Yeah, they're great. This great as that defense is, is, is it is, we've seen it time and time again. Eventually, like if you can't score, move the ball. So Arkansas can, at least a little, and they're going to eventually. Yeah. Uh, Michigan and Rutgers. Uh, I picked Michigan. Um, I, I picked Michigan as well. Rutgers is undefeated, but I don't think they can pull out the win. Um, Memphis UTSA. I picked Memphis. I picked Memphis as well, but that's another one. Like, I'm not super confident in right. Memphis winning it. It, it. They look great against Mississippi State. They may lose this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, UCLA at Stanford. I picked UCLA. I have very little confidence in that one. 
Uh, I picked UCLA just because I think Stanford is a pile of trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did beat Vandy, but Vandy sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. Kansas State versus Oklahoma State. I picked Kansas State. Uh, I picked Kansas State as well. I don't. I'm surprised Oklahoma State's actually sixty, like almost seventy percent. Yeah, I think a lot of people are picking names. Like you Bang have like, yeah. Well, you probably have like a bunch of girls who like, oh, I've heard of Oklahoma State, and not looking at the fact that Kansas State's actually ranked and has looked good. Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of that when it comes to the pick 'em. Like, there's a bunch of people who don't really know. I know, like in the other pick 'em group I have, there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of my buddies' kids play. Right. And it's like, oh, that's the pretty color, you know. Ooh, I like orange. <laughs> I mean, and, and some of them actually like have their kids. Um, they'll lay out the the pictures in front of them, so they are just basically p- picking based on the logo, right? And <laughs> like uh, one of my buddies, DJ, his son uh, is got the best record in the group. Now his point spread hasn't worked out, but he's got a twenty and nine record <laughs> to uh, my. Or twenty and ten, and mine's nineteen and eleven. Oklahoma versus Western or West Virginia. I picked Oklahoma. I wouldn't be totally shocked if West Virginia comes up and somehow it wins this game. So I picked Oklahoma as well, and I have the exact same sentiment. I actually picked West Virginia to start and then flipped it. I might, I might go back and change one that one for weeks out. Um, yeah. And then USC versus Oregon State. I picked USC. Oregon State's not good. Yeah, I picked USC as well. I did move it. Uh, well, I forget. This is just straight up. Yeah, USC, I picked to win that one. I think they pull it out. They've looked better since they got their coach fired. Well, they're playing with a back quarterback now, too. Slovis didn't play last, or this past week. I don't know what's, wow. about, I don't know what's wrong with them, but he didn't play. Um, two other games, or three other games, four, actually four other games I picked four. out. Uh, Clemson versus NC State. You think NC State's got a chance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if Georgia Tech has a chance, NC State has a chance. Okay, I like it. Um, Michigan State and Nebraska. I'm surprised Michigan's only a four point favorite. I figured they'd be more. Yeah. Well, okay. And let me clarify this. I'm picking Clemson to win that previous game. Right. 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 Uh, I think NC State. Well, has these it. aren't these aren't picking games. Today. They're not. I'm just saying it out loud so we can revisit. Right. But okay. But this one, I I see Michigan State is a four point uh, favorite. But is it at Michigan State? No, nah, it's got to be at Nebraska. <clears throat> the way I, the way I wrote it on here, uh, it's got to be at Nebraska. Well. I think Michigan State beats Nebraska worse than Oklahoma did. Oh, for sure. I agree with that. Um, Tennessee, Florida. You think Florida has a letdown game? Um, you know, I think they do have a letdown, but I think they still beat Tennessee handily yeah. just because Tennessee is – they've just got a lot of missing pieces right now, and they're kind of rebuilding. I think Tennessee – I've seen some good things oh, out of Tennessee. It's but actually – it's at Michigan State. Sorry. Oh, it is. It is yeah. at Michigan State, and, and they've right. they moved up to a five-point favorite. I think it should be more than that. I would think at least. A yeah, I mean, it moved. It moved a point in less than like twelve hours. Yeah, I, I think that's a bad. That's a bad spread. Uh, Michigan yeah. State wins that one. Um, I pick Florida to win the Tennessee Florida game, I but I, I wonder if Florida doesn't have more trouble with Tennessee's defense than Bama's defense, as far as their offense goes. Maybe. Um, Kentucky, South Carolina. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Kentucky didn't look great this past week, but if there's a team that you know could be your get-right game, I think South Carolina is a good place to start. Yeah, they were actually ranked behind UAB prior to the UGA UAB game. Uh, so South Carolina is really 
I think Doty's a good quarterback. He's very athletic. I just think he's kind of been hurt, and he, he got forced into action because we broke no one's hand. Right. Um, so I, I'm picking Kentucky to win, but hopefully they can get it back together because they, they looked terrible last week. Yeah. Um, LSU versus Mississippi State, to me, this is a must-win game for LSU. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you've got to beat Mississippi State. Yep. If 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 LSU loses, Ed's going to get fired. Uh, I don't know if he gets fired immediately after the game, but it's, no, not, no, no, it's no. Not, not, definitely not going to help his chances. And Georgia versus Fandy, anyone who picks Fandy is an idiot. Um, uh, no, what's the spread on this game? It's got to be. Like uh, was, I think it's thirty-five points was the yeah, opening spread. It's um, got to be. It, and it's very unlikely Georgia covers that spread. Georgia's just notorious. I know they say good teams win, great teams cover. Um, I don't know what it is about Georgia. It's just like once we get up to a certain score, they just – we don't ever put up 60 points on people. You don't ever see that out of Georgia, even when we ha- have a great offense. I, I, I would be interested to see the last time that Georgia scored 60 points ever. It's probably in the 30s. <laughs> They weren't scoring 60 points back in the 30s. I can promise you that. Mm, that's not necessarily true. Uh, Georgia Tech had that 222 to nothing victory over Columbia. Well, that's, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Uh, 34 and a half is spread. Good Lord. So it dropped a half point. Yep. They, feel, they feel sorry for him. All right. So that's the end of the previews. Um, we're hit right about the hour mark. So kind of we had to go through the previews a little bit quicker than probably normally do. But. Um, it's random topic time. Uh, first one for today is what other podcasts do you listen to? So I listen to a bunch of different podcasts just cause I have an office job and, uh, and it's just easy to sit there and listen to them while I'm working. Uh, but as far as sports casts go, I do waiting since last Saturday, which is a couple of guys out of Athens, very Georgia specific podcast. Uh, but as far as the sec and college football as a whole late kick with Josh Pate, uh, as part of two, four, seven, as a great podcast. Uh, College Football Nerds is another one. It's where I get a lot of... It, they they more focus on the analytics. So they're very nerdy about it, but I still love listening to them. Uh, outside of that, I listen to like Joe Rogan podcast, Lex Friedman podcast, Radio Rental, uh, Brilliant Idiots, Up and Vanished, and Radio Lab. I like all those. Um, so I've got a wide mix. I don't listen to anything like super like religiously. Um so in my in the, the ones that I listened to recently, um, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, think of that what you will. I don't really care. Um, so I listened to a couple of those, Going in Raw, and then um, there's a guy named Conrad Thompson. He's a huge Bama fan. He does a couple of different ones. Lately, the ones I've been listening to have you have you heard of the show Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, yeah, I have heard of that show. So it's kind of like a, almost like a true crime-ish kind of look at the world of pro wrestling. If you've never watched any of the episodes, even if you're not a wrestling fan, highly recommend it. Um, it's a lot of interesting stories and you kind of get to learn about the dark, the dark underside of like 70s and 80s and even sometimes 90s like wrestling. Um, there's a couple of them that are for free on YouTube. Uh, the, they did one last week on, an, uh, it's called The Plane Ride from Hell. Um, it's a pretty interesting one. Check it out. But uh, Conrad does one with the producers of the show, so I've been listening to that one. Um, outside of that, I'm really into like history podcasts. I listen to uh, the history of Rome and then revolutions. I love like hearing about revolutions. It's uh, that and cults are like 
two weird things that I just love like learning more about. Um, so yeah, those are the most of the podcasts I listen to. Like I said, I don't really listen to ton religiously. When I do listen to them, those are the ones I do. Okay, so with you listing what you had, have you ever listened to Dan Car- Dan Carlin's podcast? Is that hardcore history? Yeah. Um, I've tried to go back because he has covered a couple of subjects that I wanted to listen about. Um, I've never listened to a whole one, whole one all the way through. Yeah. I mean, they're long as hell. It's hard yeah. to sit through. I mean, you have to be able to pause it, but they, man, they are fantastic. Uh, well, there's a guy by the name of, what is his name? Hold on one second. Yeah. While you look that up, there's another podcast. Go ahead. Mike Duncan is his name. He does he he did the History of Rome podcast that I've been listening to, and he also does the Revolutions one I'm listening to. Yeah, um, he does a lot of really good research. Um, it's not like the most entertaining podcast in the world, but if you're looking for something like actually like really paints the picture very well, he does a good job with that. Oh, okay, I'll have to check that out. It's uh that would kind of roll right into our next question. Yep. Um, if, if you had to teach a class on one thing, and we're talking like college level, like junior year stock class, where it's like very heavy on like specific knowledge uh it would be a history class for me um it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like a, a normal subject it can be an out there subject it could be like something that like underwater basket weaving <laughs> um i don't i don't know that i'd have a specific one i'm just thinking like if i were going to teach a class um i mean maybe it'd be like the do's and don'ts of um hiking the appalachian trail yeah, and that's a good one for you. Just yeah, just because I've done it, and I would very much enjoy talking to people about it. And I can tell you all the wrong things to do, especially in the start. Yeah, I think mine would be um, NCAA fourteen dynasty mode. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would be in that class. <laughs> fit. So fast. so I can teach I can teach other the t- I, tips and tricks on recruiting and scheduling. Ah, oh, dude, it. it I could I could do a whole semester on NCAA fourteen times throughout. And I would love to sit through that class because uh, what the listeners don't know and that you do is I used to have an Xbox three sixty. We used to have a controller. <laughs> I did. So we, I, we we did a sh- very short lived um, online <laughs> dynasty. Jared's who'd you play the first week? Uh, I was I was Georgia and I played um, God, who was it? It was like a nobody. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a warm up game. He lost. Yeah. He loses that game. It was like goes, Central Michigan or something yeah. like that. Goes out and beats uh, Ohio State in week two. Number two, Ohio State. I beat him. Loses. Third, loses <laughs> to Vandy in week three. I lost. I got crushed by Vandy. And then week four, Jared and I played each other. Uh, this is how the schedule worked out. I was LSU. I returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and just just crushed him. Yep. And <laughs> this is was- someone who had like. 20 hours of NCAA 14 versus someone who probably got like 2,000 hours of NCAA 14. So it really wasn't a fair fight. But to be fair, though, like I have played the hell out of Madden and it did not translate at well, all. Never forget our, our uh, first Madden game we played. I got you with the fake field goal, the old, old trickeration. Yeah, pulled up, well, pulled out the Mad Hatter for one game and threw a little fake field goal on you. Oh, that's right. You did. You got me. And, and, <laughs> I'll say this. This will go down as my all-time greatest moment is you guys were watching me and Adam play, and I hurdled Adam very first play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so last one. Uh, would you want to live forever? Um, 
forever, no. If I could live like a thousand years, I would say yes. But forever, no, I would not. See, to me, the caveat to this question is, do I stop aging? And when do I when do I stop aging? I would say if you're living forever, that we would stop aging where we are right now. See, I would lean towards no too because I don't have any kids now, but I I think it would be tough for me to like watch my kids grow up, get older than I am now, and then eventually die. And my like my grandkids and like it just be it be I feel like you would get really depressed because like sooner or later everyone you know and everyone you love is gonna just pass away and you're still alive. Well, and I feel like it would also just be the the perfect origin story for you becoming a total bad guy. Because, I mean, once all oh, those people sure. die and it jades you and you're stuck here forever, I mean, what's your incentive to not to be good? I mean, you could just start doing whatever you want. It's probably how Jeff Bezos is probably that person. He's just making all sorts of money right now. <laughs> yeah. So is Jeff Bezos going to be buying the Broncos next year? That's what I heard. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, is next week? No, next week will be normal. And then the following week will be kind of weird because I'm going on vacation. Jared's getting married. Um, so it'll probably come out late the first week of October. And in all honesty, he's probably not going to have a whole lot of information on it. Um, but we will do our best. <laughs> yeah, so you are good for next Monday, the 27th? Yeah, I, we leave the 29th, okay. Um, okay. so I'll be good for the 27th. Okay, and then I guess I'll see you on the 29th. And you will see me on the 29th. I'll be staying at your house. All right, sweet. So Corey will be here. We'll do a podcast on the 27th, and then then I get married, and then we'll do another podcast at some time, and I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, Frank, if you want to do a live broadcast, you have to you have to speak on the entire episode yeah that's what i thought all right uh until next week guys thanks for checking it out uh don't forget the socials facebook instagram twitter uh the reddit page all that good stuff football lab pod um go tigers go dogs we'll see you later later oh adam short (laughs) 